Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. From the classic city, Athens, Georgia, this is Arthur Balin, and coming to you from the capital of the great state of California, the immortal Patrick Toppin. How are we doing, folks? Uh, if you'll excuse me, I'm currently sweating it out and just getting over the fact that BC just squeaked by uh, Eastern Washington in uh, basketball about. 15 minutes ago, so uh, we'll take it. BC is 4-1, and one, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about basketball in a sec, but uh, Arthur, there was a basketball game. And you cut out there for a second. Patrick, I think we're beginning to lose you, but let's talk about the basketball game. Um, you know, like we, we had two basketball games um, this uh, over the past couple of, of days, uh, we've actually it's been a while since we've been on the air, so we we, we have a whole lot of basketball to talk about. Um, so last Wednesday, um, uh, BC started the Gotham Classic uh, against High Point, and they took that game 59-33 in a rather low-scoring affair, um, which is in stark contrast uh, to. Um, the uh, the very, Belmont game, there. yeah, the Belmont game, which was very high scoring, um, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but that was just a game where Belmont just shot the lights out in the second half. Um, and then tonight, BC won, but boy, was it Harry! Yeah, um. I'll talk about the first two for a sec. Um, the game against High Point was a pretty, I think, pretty easy. Easy. I mean, it's a pretty dominant win if you just look at the scoreboard. Um, Fifty-nine to thirty-three. High Point never really had a chance in that one. The defense was just too good, and that's just too much of a talent mismatch. Um, the game against Belmont. I want to say first and foremost that it is just as bad, and also not as bad as the scoreline looks. Um, BC was down. 
four at halftime. Um, we're competing really well with a really talented Belmont team. This is a team that's probably going to be in the tournament. They're projected, projected to win the Ohio Valley Conference. They lost it last year. I think they came in second to – yeah, they came in second to Murray State, um, who had – a uh, pretty impressive tournament run of their own. So, yeah, um, my general thoughts with the game was that BC looked really good in the first half, and then I think the youth started, or not just the youth, the newness started to show a little bit in the second half, and they sort of reverted back to old habits on defense. Um, they left shooters open in transition. They didn't communicate enough. I don't think it's the end of the world. I think the first half BC team is what you're going to see most of this year, which I think – is optimistically a decent NIT team. Um, I think this team is a lot better than I gave them credit for. Uh, and I think that they will win a few games they're not supposed to this year and finish at the bottom of the middle of the pack in the ACC. Um, and then, obviously, tonight they squeaked it out against Eastern Washington. And Eastern Washington, also not necessarily a terrible team, Um they were projected to win the Big Sky, which is another mid-major conference. That's not that impressive. So far, they've only really lost to St. Louis, who looks to be a pretty solid team. They're undefeated, and BC. Um, so it really, it's really hard at this point in the season to take a lot out of basketball games. Um, you are playing some really, really weird teams, and you're not sure if the preseason projections are going to live up to what you thought for the opponents. And so you, we can look back at this and say, you know, Belmont can go 30 or 27 and 5, and we'll all be like, that's an okay loss. Um, and Eastern Washington could, you know, totally collapse because after they're projected to win the big guy for like the first time in 15 years. Um, and we'll say, how on earth did BC not beat them by more? So I'm not taking too much out of this far in the year. It's five games. It's a long season. Um, just strap up and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Belmont, too, is, you know, Ken Palm has Belmont, like, at 66. BC is at around, like, 109 or something. And, high, and Belmont didn't get to 66 because they beat BC. Um, so, you know, I, I think people are going to look at the name and freak out, but um, th- that's a really good Belmont team they lost to, so it, it's really not the end of the world. Um, I to also, me, like, I, I think they're – I think they played, they played pretty well on offense in that game. They had really efficient shooting. Um, they shot almost 60% from the field and 45% from three. Um, and I don't think there's ever gonna, they're going to play another team that shoots 60% from three against them. Um, Belmont is a team that is literally tailor-made to take on BC's biggest weakness, which is three-point shooting. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but so, so certainly some encouraging signs from the BC the basketball, men's basketball team, um, uh, although certainly some causes for concern. Um, so do you want to move on to BC, uh, the other BC cause for concern? Um, there's always causes of concern with BC. Are we talking about a horrendous, horrendous blown lead 
lost to Florida State, a game in which they had 508 yards of offense and almost 40 minutes of possession. Because, yes, we can talk about that, too. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking about. So, obviously, we did not get a chance to talk about this game last week. Um, that's on me. Um, I had a paper that was due. Um, but certainly a lot to talk about. Um, in a game um, that BC really should have um, at least been more competitive than they were. Um, I mean, uh, to me, you know, watching that game, the score doesn't really show how – like, I, I think the score was, the score was closer than the game actually was. Um, and BC, you know, they – I, I I really don't know what to say anymore about this team. You know, they they they, they had, the game against Florida State really should have been a game. Like based on how Florida State came out, they they were a very beatable team. And once again, um, you know, BC got like I, I forgot what you said, but a significant amount of total offense. Um, but Florida State got a little bit more, and they and they were better at converting on their chances for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, ultimately what won Florida State this game is that they got the big plays. And you can just, I mean, you can just, first you can just look at the um, score sheet because, you know, you have, and no, you have, let me, I'm kind of, I want to make sure I 100% it. Yeah, you have three touchdowns of more than 60 yards, which is just, pathetic and those are there was a couple of those that were I think the first one is blown coverage but the rest a lot of them are just missed tackles and being out athleted and out moved in the open field and so uh, you know we've we've sort of said it it's kind of just what you come to expect from the team I thought and especially this defense I thought that the BC offense performed valiantly Um, I think their end stats are pretty pleasant to look at um Dennis Grossell finished 20 for 29 for over 200 yards he had one interception AJ Dillon had 165 yards as a team and they were 14 of 20 on third down they averaged 4.4 yards per rush which is not exceptional by AJ Dillon's lofty standards but it's fine and they had 40 minutes of possession like this is if you looked at all those stats you would say that it should be fine, and it just wasn't. And the answer is that BC just, yeah, they're just their defense. I think the defense let them down again in this game, and I was unsurprised but still disappointed. I feel like the Malcolm in the Middle meme where I expect nothing and I'm still let down. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way, and um, you know, it, it's like we, we we talked about the Jekyll and Hyde-ness of the defense, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, um, when you know, BC really had a really phenomenal game against Syracuse in the Carrier Dome, but then BC comes back and they have that, that game against Florida State, um, and you know, it's 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 kind of the same old story uh, yet again. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a story that we got at Louisville, um, 
it was, um, you know, the story really um, that we got uh, against Wake Forest. Um, it was, you know, a close, like a game where the offense was certainly putting the team in a place where they could win and the defense just couldn't, couldn't stop Florida State. And the, the game was never, it never really kind of, and it really didn't feel close at any point. I think it also, to me, I think this is a game that, pending a, what I will call a miraculous upset this week at Notre Dame, I think this is the game that seals Steve Adazio's fate. At least I pray that it does, because I think it reminded us all again of just all his, all of his limitations as a coach. BC went 0 for 3, sorry, 0 for 2 on field goals. They had bad punting and field goal decisions based on just the year they've had and the game. I, I, yeah, I'm out of patience. I just don't care anymore. Um, and so I, I hope this is the game that gets Steve Desio fired because this is a very winnable game. Florida State was coming in with a interim head coach and a pretty mediocre team by their standards and got it done. So yeah, I I can't be bothered to care. Um, the team is just not done enough to warrant any enthusiasm, especially especially on the defensive end, especially on the coaching end. So um, yeah, Dennis Grossell, I am was impressed again. AJ Dillon remains incredible, and that's about all I have to say. I'm done. Yeah, one one thing that I'll, I'll mention before we shift over to talk about um, this upcoming Saturday, which <laughs> will be great. Uh, this was a game that BC absolutely needed. It, it was against a Florida State team that just fired its coach. Um, I, I don't really like the demoralization argument, but certainly it, it, it's a program that's, that's in shambles. Um, and yet, BC was let, let that program, the program that was in shambles, supposedly, come in and dictate the, the, the way the game went. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's kind of the same old story. Like I, I feel like uh, we, we we kind of just keep coming back to this, and we we keep coming back to, you know, every single week we're talking about something dumb that Steve Adazio did. Every time uh, we we came back, every every time we came, we come back from a game, uh, we, we we talk about, you know, last year we like or sometimes it was the the, the defense in past years, now, or sometimes it was the offense in past years. Now we're talking about the defense, um, and, and there's always just this one thing. Um, and for some reason, just Steve Adazio has just never been able to, to put it together. Um, but you know, like this this is a game that BC, you know, it's 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 against it's a, it's a, it's a very beleaguered Florida State team. Um, it, it it was a chance to you know shut all the haters up. Um, it was a chance it was a chance for BC to become bowl eligible, like and not have any worries going into the rest of the season. It was the Rim Bandana game, which is a huge deal, but it was also in, Florida, in November for some reason. Um, but it was it was a big deal, and you know ultimately, 
the effort needed to be better than that. And at, at this point, um, and, I, and I wrote about this last week, at, at this point, there's nothing else that we can possibly glean from the BC football program under Steve Adazio that we don't know already. Um, it has been seven years with, with Steve Adazio at the helm. And there have, been, there have been good moments. There have been high moments. We will always have USC in 2014. And we will always have that, that Maryland game that was a lot of fun in Detroit. Um, but we had a lot of low moments. And particularly in the past two years, I just kind of am at the point where I'm like, okay, what else you got? And the answer is kind of becoming very clear that the answer is I don't have, we don't have anything else. And at, at this point, it's, 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 it's answer the bell and move the team in the right direction or don't. Um, but if, if, if David Asio is retained this year, it should be interpreted by the BC uh, community and by BC football fans everywhere as the organization, the athletic department, wantonly saying it doesn't matter and BC is not capable of being better. Yeah, I I agree. And I think actually I'm going to disagree with your characterization that Florida State dominated this game or whatever because they didn't. I thought BC, in terms of just control, kind of controlled the tempo for most of it. It was just that... They just continued to make the same... They have made the same mistakes, and they continue to make the same mistakes of giving up chunk plays and failing on special teams um, that has plagued the Boston college team under Steve Adazio for the last... At least as long as I've been a fan. And... The offense has been good, and the offense has been bad, and we've seen improvement, and the defense has been good, and the defense has been bad. But there's just sort of consistencies in the way that the games are managed and the team plays that I just can't get behind anymore. And, yep, that, I guess to me what I don't understand is why Boston College and the administration back Steve Adazio so much. It's not like Steve is this old venerated coach who, you know, took BC to the promised land once upon a time, a long time ago, and is now just living out his glory years. He's not a Bill Snyder or a Jeff Tedford or someone like that, where, you know, the answer is just, did he isn't, you know, did he stick around too long? He's never been good enough to, warrant this kind of loyalty. I just don't, I don't understand it anymore. Um, and yeah, so uh, I'm ready to move on and talk about Notre Dame in a game that I hope will further seal the coffin on Steve Dazio's ten- tenure at Boston College. Yeah, one, one more thing I want to say before, before we move on to that is just, um, I, I just want to clarify. You know, the offense was very solid and like, like just, just to kind of rephrase what, what I was saying. The offense was solid, and they, they moved the ball very well against Florida State. But the defense let up 500 
and 24 yards in 23, 21 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, and th- th- when I say, like, BC it got pushed around, that, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, but let's talk about Notre Dame. Uh, Patrick, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame? Oh, Notre Dame can come in, and they are going to blow out BC. Actually, sorry, Boston College is going to go in and get blown out. Um, this is a team that has, I guess, actually, let me check the weather forecast quick. The only way that I can see Notre Dame losing this game is if they do the same thing that they did in the Michigan game, where in, like, torrential downpour, uh, they decide to pass the ball 40 times. And while it looks like there will be some sleet, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. Really, I mean, this is a this is a good team. They've only lost, in my my mind, Notre Dame has lost two games. I mean, they've lost two games. They lost one to Georgia, where they played really, really well, and you know, lost to a top five team in the country uh, by six points. And they lost to Michigan in the game where their coaching staff just didn't even look like they had had a secondary game plan. And aside from that, the only games that have been kept close are USC and Virginia Tech. And the Virginia Tech game was a a lot, for lack of a better word. I don't really know how to describe it. That's probably the game that BC has to take the most film out of and look at how to, you know, make Ian Book throw turnovers and how to completely shut down the Notre Dame running game because Virginia Tech held Jeff Armstrong to yeah, held the leading rusher after the quarterback for Notre Dame in the Virginia Tech game went 19 carries for 37 yards. Um, That is the only way that they can win is to be totally dominant on defense, which I don't think they can do. The only other game that has been close for Notre Dame is uh, USC, and <laughs> BC doesn't have the wide receivers that USC has. Because at the end of the day, USC, even on their worst year, worst game, um, has four or five-star wide receivers who they can just chuck the ball at. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm not – I don't think BC has a shot in this game. And – I think the 19-point spread is probably going to be good. Uh, is probably I would take the over. So I think this won't be as bad yeah. as uh, Clemson, but it will be. It will be. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the inverse of Syracuse, at least in terms of the final score line. Yeah, I mean, what what I'll tell you is. Um... Having seen Notre Dame play like a really good team in Georgia, uh, like earlier in the season, I'll, I'll tell you straight up: on neutral field, I don't know if Georgia wins that game uh, because uh, Notre Dame was moving the ball really well. Like it was just a very, very good matchup, and uh, the only the difference honestly seemed to be the crowd noise. That like Notre Dame just kept making mistakes because of the crowd noise. Neutral side again, neutral side. I think Notre Dame wins that game hands down. Uh, 
But uh, so that's a that's a team that has that's a that has a very good chance of making the college football playoff that Notre Dame probably could have and should have beaten. Um, so that is Notre Dame, um, and BC is going to go on the road um, in a game that Notre Dame, who has been playing really good football the past couple of weeks, um, is, is going to want to um, make 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 an impact, make make a, a you know a good impression because they're trying to come back and and get a, a really good bowl spot, um, and you know at the, at, at the end of the day. Um, BC is just not as good as an Ardean. And they're, they're just, based on how BC has been playing the past couple of weeks, and based on their games been playing the past couple of weeks, the big, big difference is just way too much. Yeah. To me, I look at it, and I think that the difference maker in this game um, is going gonna, gonna to be Ian Book. Uh, who apparently is from El Dorado Hills, which is right next to me right now. I didn't know that. That's mildly cool. Um, Ian Book is like the sort of ideal college-style quarterback where he's an efficient and good passer. Um, He's got a 76.2 QBR. He's completing just under 60% of his passes at 7.6 yards per attempt. He's got 26 touchdowns. He has two interceptions and can run the ball really, really well. So, like, like I don't really know how to, how to describe Like, he can run the ball really, really well. And I think that BC has struggled in the past with dual-threat quarterbacks, especially dual-threat quarterbacks who don't really fit the – actually, they struggle with all dual-threat quarterbacks. I, I won't even qualify that. And I think that he is basically built to just take advantage of a BC defense that has had a lot of issues. And I think a lot of, a lot of gap integrity issues, a lot of tackling issues. So, you know, uh, OBC, we hardly knew ye. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think I'd expect another decent game by AJ Dillon in the offense. I just don't think it will ever be enough to overcome this defense right now, especially against an offense this talented. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't even think it's relevant how AJ Dillon and 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 the Eels do. I mean, I I think they'll do fine, but. <laughs> the defense is gonna get pummeled. Uh, although they are like, if, if if they're doing a back and forth thing, they are due for a good week. So who knows? But um, yeah, I, I just don't see the defense holding up against an offense that that's strong as Notre Dame. Yeah, and at least the way I see, like the Notre Dame defense is <clears throat> pretty good too. Uh, they only allow four point one yards. Um, against they hold opposing quarterbacks like a 54% completion rating and just I think just yeah just 5.9 yards per pass and an 8% sack percentage so like they're statistically really good and they're all you know efficient they take care of the ball they get turnovers 
They average, yeah, 2.2 takeaways a game and just under one turnover, so they're doing great there. Yeah, to me, like, this game is, is, is built for uh, uh, a BC ass-whooping. And, you know, like I said, I just kind of have a hard time caring. Um, because ultimately, I think that the BC defense is not strong enough to stop anyone. And the uh, Notre Dame defense is still really good. It's with a lot of talented guys who, yeah, I'm just looking at the stats here again, hold better teams than BC to lower po- will hold have held better teams than BC to low point totals, low yards per game, um, and inefficient days. So, yeah, if BC scores more than 21, I will guess that uh, it's a blowout and Notre Dame has stopped trying. So, yeah. I don't, I mean, I won't even give away for BC to win this game this year. So, I apologize. I mean, uh, truthfully, if, if if BC wins, it it would it will be so remarkable. I I honestly just can't see it. I mean, I I I I I, I you know can't wait for people to be like, you're you're so, so down on them. Like, can you see the way? I can't see a way. I, Patrick can't see a way. There's there's no way. There, there's just no way. So. And I don't want to say it's like I wish it was just lazy analysis or whatever, where I'm like, oh, like all that, like Notre Dame is just that much better than uh, BC, and Brian Kelly is just that much of a better coach than uh, Steve Adazio. So uh, I wish the best uh, for all those who might be going to what looks to be a cold and slee game in South Bend, and I imagine there's a lot of BC seniors who are going to be there, and I suggest that they enjoy the trip for what it is, and then. Not worry about it. So yeah. Happiness and good feelings on the show this week. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, I just, I am finally understanding. I don't want to say finally understanding. I get it. I get all the fans who are really, really down on Adazio and. I'm always sort of trying to be positive and I just can't be bothered anymore. And I think that's a tragic, tragic thing. And I'm generally very like pro coach. And I think that there's a lot of things that they can't control that make their jobs a lot harder. And I'm at the point of where I don't even care who they replace him with. I mean, I do care who they replace him with, but I'm not, I'm no longer think that that should be a factor when replacing him. I think it's just, this team has stagnated. The, there is no improvement. It doesn't look like there's going to be any improvement. Um, and I hope that the, I hope and I pray that this is David Azio's last season on the Heights. And uh, I thank him for his contributions, but I'm, I'm just kind of done, and I just can't be bothered to care anymore. Yeah, I mean, goodbye, good riddance, but at at this point. It, it just needs to be done. Exactly. So, with that, I don't have anything else to say this week, Arthur. Do you? No, I really, really don't. So, um, as you I'm told, putting the uh, in the for the rest of the season. Um, they get, I will say, like, at the very least, 
Um, Jim Christian has shown he can do two-thirds of what it takes to build a program, and that is recruit, and that is develop players. And he's not shown that he can execute fully in games yet. And, you know, maybe we'll be having the same discussion about him in two or three months. But right now, like, I'm all in on them. And they're playing some fun, high-energy basketball. And I think that I'm, I'm more optimistic than I was about really anything. To be honest, I expected this basketball team to be miserable, like literally the worst team that has ever graced uh, BC. And the fact that Derek Thornton and Jay Heath and CJ Felder have all immediately shown to be contributors um, is, is wonderful. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see him thrive and I'm glad to see some really great team basketball being played on the Heights. So go Eagles, baby. And two teams that deserve mention um, in just so our, our, our show tonight isn't all doom and gloom. Two, two BC teams have done absolutely phenomenal work. Uh, this, this, uh, fall season. Uh, women's field hockey um, is in the final four of um, the NCAA tournament, and they're playing uh, North Carolina, a, a team they they lost to in a very competitive ACC championship game. Uh, they're playing them on Friday uh, down here in Winston-Salem. Uh, down here also be, they're being constructed. Uh, but um, they have had an absolutely phenomenal season. Uh, they have a lot of young talent on that roster. They're only going to improve. Uh, so things are really looking up. I'm, I'm looking at Bill Hockey's roster right now, and I count one, two, three seniors. They're losing Sarah Dwyer this year because uh, she's a senior. Although, I'll go check that because I, I know she has eligibility left. Um, she might actually. She only played one game as a freshman. Um, but things are really looking up for um, that team. And men's soccer uh, is another team. They have a lot of really, really, really talented freshmen, uh, and they're going to be playing on Thursday um, in Newton uh, against DL in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So if y'all are in town um, and are, aren't doing anything when the game is played, I'm looking at the schedule, and it is not – there, that being the time, I'm going to yell schedule so I can give y'all a time. But really, really encouraging. A lot of really, really, really good young talent playing really competitive soccer. Um, I can't wait to see what they do. Uh, it's a 7 p.m. Uh, kick um, in, in Newton. So if y'all aren't doing anything at 7 uh, p.m. And, and you're in the area, get out and support your Eagles. Uh, because they are a really great team. It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, in Newton. Be there. Be square. And support yeah. a successful BC sports team. Yeah, because they, they have done phenomenal work this season. Uh, uh, there's a lot of really great young talent. Uh, that, that's a, You know what? Uh, that, that will say that's another team that you know, moving forward is, is going to be really solid. They were losing one to three, four seniors. Um, and just looking at it, I, I, I don't think they're going to be significant losses. I mean, obviously, we're, they, well, we're sorry to see them go. Uh, but uh, a lot of the talent that BC has been playing with this year are all very, very young players that are going to be on the heights for a very long time. 
Um, so how, uh, how exciting is men's soccer? Very, very exciting. And so is field hockey. So um, if you leave this podcast with doom and gloom, don't, because there is a lot of really good things to be excited about on BC's campus. But Arthur, I don't like being positive. I like just complaining. Yeah, but that gets boring. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, with that, that sort of concludes our show tonight. We hope to, I hope that we come to you guys next week and we are like, I cannot believe that BC busted out the quadruple reverse to score a game-winning touchdown in overtime against Notre Dame, but they did. Uh, so, yeah, I love fingers crossed, a little optimism. Uh, hopefully we're talking about a national championship for field hockey and another round for the NCAA tournament in soccer and uh, another, what I believe is a would, would be a ranked win this weekend for BC men's basketball. Uh, I think they're playing Seton Hall. So that game will be brutal and uh I look forward to it. I look forward to Oh, it's all right. They played the Paul this weekend, who is another good team. So, yeah, get out there. Be square. Support your, support your Eagles and not just in your big three sports. Yeah, so uh, as usual, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Oh, wait, DePaul is not the same as Dean Hall, for the record. Dean um, Hall uh, is much better, but DePaul still should be a good game. The Paul's a good uh, team, and they've beaten some other good teams, and they're also five and zero. And so, I would be ecstatic if BC uh, could sneak away with one. Yes, no, Seton Hall is is, is, is a really good team. Um, uh, uh, I, yeah. I, I I just I just can't say the the sentence the Paul basketball is good with with a straight face. Uh, but uh, with that said. Um, Enjoy the games this weekend. Um, if you're traveling out to Notre Dame, please be safe. Um, enjoy tailgating and all that. And we'll see you here back next week on ECI Radio. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.